Welcome back to the Ballers Blog podcast where today we are discussing our Dream Barbarians 15. So today me and Ollie are here to discuss our Dream Barbarians side. We've both gone away and looked to pick the 15 players that we think are deserved to wear that black and white jersey of the great touring side who have been around for years and years. I don't have the exact year, but yeah, a while, I'd say. How are you, Ollie? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Oh, very well, very well. Shall we not hang about and get on with it? Uh, don't see why not. Right, where do you want to start then? Where Where do you feel is a good place to get going? I think if we sort of, I mean, go from go from the backs to the forwards. Oh, unconventional, I like it. Should we start with the fifteen start, to one? Yeah, start with the back three then. Take us away. So my team has a bit of a common theme throughout. A sort of trying to stay true to the barbarians in that you wouldn't box office players that get bums on seats that people want to watch, but also with a couple of well, quite a few players who haven't played international rugby for quite a while, but are still very capable of operating in the international arena and you know, some players who are not top of the pecking order for their country but would slot into other sides so I think it's only fair that they get a crack at the Barbarians team so kicking off at number 15 we've got Rob Carney oh, who lovely. since the World Cup Cup looks like he's probably been moved on now with new coach coming in Andy Farrell and Jordan Lama Jordan Lama great player making making the shirt his own so Rob Carney you know, fantastic kicking game very experienced player you know a couple of Lions tours unlucky not to start more Lions tests to be honest so I've got him at the back you know safe pair of hands then in my back three I had a difficult call on the right wing but I've gone for my first unorthodox call here in Christian Wade oh. so oh, what, a player. what a yeah. player as, as, you, as you probably know he's currently trying his hand at American football but I don't see why you know, he's clearly capable of playing rugby still and I, I don't see why there, there's any reason why he wouldn't be allowed to play a one-off game perhaps so again a very exciting player and as, as you will agree with me, very unlucky not to have won more international caps, uh, especially in a period where England have had a lot of different wingers they've tried, you know, your likes of Charlie Sharples, Marlon Yard, and to think that Christian Wade only ever got one or two caps is criminal, really. I know, four, fourth top premiership try scorer of all time, and yeah, only a couple of caps, it's absolutely criminal. But anyway... <laughs> Moving on, that's a whole uh, yeah. other issue for a whole other day. Oh yeah, uh, I don't don't want to poke that. Bear. Um, on the on the left wing, I've gone with another player who's very unlucky not to still be playing international rugby, and that's Julian Surveyor. absolute powerhouse of a winger. Try scoring record speaks for itself, uh, and again, box office player that people want to watch. Yeah, definitely that that quarter-final 2015 World Cup against France, that was kind of his <sighs> absolute peak and I think stick him in a Barbarian shirt when you've you know, got got a bit more freedom, he'd be absolutely dangerous. Indeed. Right, so shall, I'll go on to my back three. I've 
kind of I, I agree with your point. I've selected mine based on kind of players that fit the barbarian style of play that they can just, you know, attack from anywhere, you know, bit of freedom. But I've also picked a few in there that, you know, maybe a bit late they are later in their career and, you know, be nice to give them a few barbarians caps as it's obviously quite an honour. Um so at fifteen I've gone with Japanese back three player who can play on the wing or at fullback, Kataro Matsushima from who had an excellent World Cup recently, tries against most people and yeah, he's just absolutely electric, giving the ball he can beat a defender and he's one of their real star players and I think kind of fits the barbarians mould quite well and it's it would be good to kind of branch that out to you know, a few more Japanese players to get that interest worldwide because everyone in kind of the major rugby countries already loved the Barbarians really well. I do. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, <laughs> that'd be good to spread out. And then on the right, yeah, we'll start with my 14. I've gone with James Lowe from Leinster. I feel obviously kiwi that's come over to europe so he's not going to get selected for new zealand i think it'd be good to see him put up against big teams because he's been really good with leinster since joining he's showing the champions cup that he can do against all kinds of opponents and just class finisher and then my number 11 blindside winger is an unconventional one it's kind of almost in the same light as your christian wade pick of a player coming back from a different code, as it would say. Um, I've gone with Dan Norton on blind side because I, Interesting. I, I would, he's obviously top top player in the sevens game, and I just love to see him playing fifteens. And I think he has that raw pace and absolute finishing ability that I'm sure he would nick a few tries against whoever he was playing against. Definitely, I think he'd be more than capable of making the switch as we as you know we spoke to Roy McConaughey last week and he discussed his move from sevens back to 15s and he talked about the the aura around Norton on the world tour so to have a, a high profile name like that coming into a barbarian side would be very very good move and it might also encourage people to maybe jump the other way as well maybe see a few of the big names in 15s hop hop over to sevens like Sonny Bill Williams did for a bit Definitely. And I'll tell you what, one thing I was thinking in terms of you know, the relationship between sevens and the and, and fifteens and trying to get more people interested in rugby, one one thing that crossed my mind was whether you could consider having a barbarians team either on the sevens circuit or at the in the sevens tournament at the Olympics. You know, you get um I can't remember what they call them at the Olympics, where you get athletes yeah. who are representing a country. And if you if you had a team like that in the in the Olympics, that could be an interesting twist. Indeed, yeah, I agree with that. But then I think you fall into all kinds of issues with the qualification processes of teams yeah. that are proper proper, you know, nation teams not getting in. But Exactly. Good good idea. Big fan. So who who has you gone for your centre partnership then? This was probably the most difficult call I had to make. And I'd say consider not just individuals but how players would play together. So, in the end, I've gone with Matthew Bastereau at 12. Nice. And 
Malaki Fekitoa outside at 13. Quality player. Been great for Wasps this year. So, my thinking here was that my, my first ever international I saw live was France v Scotland at Murrayfield in 2010. And um, Bastero scored twice that day with his You Can't See Me celebration and instantly I was gripped. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's and ever ever since he's he's been in and out of the France team, but he's a player that even some non rugby fans would be able to recognise. And he's again box office wrecking ball up the middle. So I've gone with him at twelve, and then Fekitoa outside is a player who, as you said, has done very well for Wasp this season. Potentially a player who, if he moved back to New Zealand, I could see breaking back into the All Black side. I think he's. His international career was over before it really got going, and you know he's a very exciting player to watch. And to play outside someone like Buster would be a good foil. Um, as I said, it was a difficult call, and a couple of players that nearly made the cut were Matt Gitto, Jamie Roberts, and Brad Barrett. Oh, but in the end, I thought, oh yeah, what a in, player, in the, in the what end, a line. Thought, well, my thinking <laughs> with Roberts and Barrett exactly it was sort of. You know, defensive workhorse in the backs, um, very level-headed, but very experienced as well, which would be very useful in the international arena. But in the end, I, I couldn't look look past Bastero and Fekitoa. Well, you know, he's just an exciting player to watch. Very nice. I've also had quite a few selection issues with my centres. I've selected four and I've not quite decided yet who I'm actually going with. So I think... <laughs> We'll start with 12, because I think 12's the less contentious. I've Two options are Lavani Bottia of Fiji and Timothy Lafaelli of Japan. Um, well, you've obviously got that Fiji kind of way they play rugby. He's one that can be a wrecking ball, as well as he's got the sleight of hand to be able to throw offloads all over the place. And he, he's been doing that for the past few years in La Rochelle. I remember when they played Wasps in the Champions Cup and he was just, of course, absolute carnage all game. Then you've got Lafayelli, who was great at the World Cup. And I feel, once again, with your Japanese links, he'd be really good. And he's very much kind of in that Japanese team of an organised structure. He's that one that sometimes tries something. You think, what the hell is he about to do? But then most of the time it does come off like that kick through he did against Ireland, I believe. Ireland or Scotland. We'll go with Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Scotland. Um, so I think, oh, I don't know. What, what what do you think? Fiji or Japan? Well, I, I like what you're saying in, in terms of a player who, a bit unpredictable, you don't really know what they're going to do next. That's, that's what the Barbars is all about. So I think... Again, with, with Bottier, he's a player who's come over from sevens. You've already got Dan Norton in there, so that might be a reason not to include Bottier. But again, if you want exciting players, then why not? Okay, <laughs> good stuff. I will take that. Lafayette <laughs> makes the team. I think Bottier is probably a good bench player as well because he, he also plays flanker as well as in the centres. So he's mad. <laughs> not many players can do Indeed. that. Indeed. Yeah. And then... Okay, except from Sam Burgess, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As <laughs> we said, that's another that. issue. <laughs> um, so 13 is the one I'm struggling with. We 
have Verimi Vakatawa, if I've not butchered his name, um, and Michele Campagnaro. <laughs> so, groovy. Campagnaro has obviously been kind of in it, well, in and out of selection with the Italian team due to injury and such things over the past few years. But he's always been that player that's kind of the one they look to for that moment of magic, which I feel fits a Barbarian's team quite well. But then you've got Vakatar, who's almost in the same kind of group, you would say, as Bottier in that he's big, strong, but he's also got that footwork and the offload game that would make him great for the likes of Norton and Matsushima if you had them outside him. So, Definitely. Yeah, I think also that brings us to our first segment of interesting facts linking to Michele Campagnaro. Oh, great links. <laughs> so this week's this week's uh, fact is a bit of a belter, really, if 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 that's what you're into. <laughs> um, so since the start of the professional era, the Barbars have played all sorts of teams, including Brazil, Germany, Tunisia, and Belgium, as well as your more traditional full time. Rugby nations, but interestingly, the one team they haven't played since 1995 is Italy. They've only played them once before, and that was 10 years prior to the start of the international era, so professional era, sorry. And they actually beat them 23 15 in Rome. So, not only have Italy never won the Six Nations, they've also never won a game against the Barbarians. So, playing for them might actually help them slightly individually. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, very good fact. Thank you very much. That was this week's interesting fact. <laughs> right, so let's move on to the pair of players that you know in any barbarian side. You look for them to kind of sprinkle that magic that creates these great barbars moments. So we've got the halfbacks. Ollie, what have you gone with? So at nine, I think is a is a player who again fits this box office. Uh, box office style, but also very experienced international. So I've gone with Danny Kerr. Oh. I think it's an absolute travesty that Danny Kerr no longer plays for England. Uh, especially when you get to the point, you know, everyone knows what Danny Kerr is good at. He's good at coming on, injecting a bit of pace into the game when players are getting tired. He's the ultimate super sub. And having a player like him on the pitch from the beginning would make it even more exciting game. And with the bar bars, that's a big selling point. The bar bars are exciting to watch. So I can't think of a better player to have at nine than Danny Kerr. Indeed, and he like, likes a good kicking game as well, doesn't he? Can do, you know, oh, definitely. Especially and, when he's been playing for Quinn's, been doing little crossfield chips and all stuff like that. That would be, you know, you and, ideal for your barbarians that like to have these kind of innovative moves that the opposition are not expecting. Yeah, well, you only need to. Watch some just a few of his highlights for Quinn over the past couple of years. You know, kicks out wide to the likes of Tim Visser. And if, if you had that in this Barbers team that I've got with Christian Wade, Julian Surveyor outside, then that'd be a very exciting proposition. Um, at fly half, I've gone with a, another outside the box one, a little bit like Christian Wade here. I've actually gone with uh, Jackson Hastings, who currently plays rugby league for, uh, for Wigan, sorry, at Salford last year. Currently plays rugby league for Wigan and played for Great Britain last year, despite being born in Australia. Now, Hastings is a very exciting player. He was Super League Man of Steel last year. 
And all through the past couple of years since he joined Salford, there have been rumours about him moving on elsewhere. Eventually, he's moved to Wigan, but there is a clause in his contract, I believe, where he can return to the NRL at the end of this season or elsewhere. And there were rumours recently that both Gloucester and Harlequins were looking at him. Um, you know, you see more players making the switch now, especially with a lot of rugby league, ex-rugby league players and coaches like Sean Long, Martin Gleeson, and Andy Farrell making the move over to Rugby Union. So I thought, what well, Jackson Hastings, it's a good opportunity for him to try out the game, see if he likes it, for the clubs to see what, how he fares. And also, yeah, very exciting player to watch. Very nice. I like that. Outside the box. Well, especially uh, following on from, I think it was 2011. Remember Sam Tompkins played one game for the Barbarians? Indeed. Um, came off the bench and actually scored a try. So there is precedent. So I think it'd be uh, interesting to see. Good stuff. So with we'll go with, oh, what should we start with? We'll start with my 10 because that's maybe slightly my initial thinking. You want your creative, flary fly half, so, you know, not sure you can get any kind of more fitting that criteria than Danny Cipriani. Shock. I know, shock. For, for, those, for those who don't know, uh, Danny Cipriani is probably Charlie's <laughs> number one hero of all time. Well, yeah. Um, What's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Great man, great man. So yeah, I, I certainly agree with you. He, he would be ideal, and obviously he's been out of favour with Eddie Jones over the past few years. So you could stick him up against England in one of their games at Twickenham, let him run the show, see what happens. Uh, but I also had a bit of debate with that one, maybe to pick Finn Russell, because I hadn't actually Ooh. selected any Scottish players, I don't think, or even thought about any. Um, so <laughs> it's an easy mistake to make <laughs> at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Finn Russell, he's out of favour as well. What can you do? So yeah. rebellious, you know, creative players, and he's got that passing range as well as that bit of flair that might stick when he centres through a gap or release a winger, and then to partner. I think Danny. Yeah, we've gone with Cipriani. Don't need to change my mind now. It's not a good time. <laughs> but nine, I've gone with Nicola Matawalu from Fiji. I remember opening game of the 2015 World Cup where he almost ran in that wonder try, where he ran about 70 metres, it must have been, from the base of a scrum, just jinking past the whole English defence and then, unfortunately, dropping it on the line in the corner. But, yeah, he's... You know, as they used to sing at Rhinos with Matty Parcel, wears his magic hat. Matuali exactly. very much does wear his magic hat all the time. And he's kind of not a player you want to stick in a structured, organised game plan because he just does what he wants half the time. If he sees a gap, he's going to go for it. He, no regrets kind of player and perfect for your bar bar style. That'd be very. Well, that'd be a very interesting partnership to see, you said, with Cipriani. You know, two players who play what they see in front of them rather than trying to stick to a very rigid game plan and you know, with a team where they're only playing one, two, maybe three times a year, then there's not much time to put together that solid game plan. So having players 
who can play off the cuff well would be a very good move. Indeed. And as you mentioned there, they only play three times a year. This brings us to our unpopular opinion, which I'm taking on this week. And, well, it's kind of two kind of unpopular opinions, but my main one linking to your earlier point, Ollie, is that the Barbarians should, in the autumn, they should have their own series instead of maybe a game in the summer and maybe one in the autumn. I think they should have a series in the autumn where they play all the big nations over the like over the period of the few weeks of the well the month i don't know why i said few weeks of the month of the mm-hmm. internationals and so you'd have the players that maybe weren't well weren't picked by their international side so they could go up against them and so i think that would create quite a good bit of drama around players outdoing the ones that have got the shirt ahead of them and just good rugby to watch because you'd see these international sides maybe be drawn into playing this kind of fast-paced rugby that might also help develop their own game. So I think it would help develop the whole kind of international game in general. Like you saw the how good the Fiji versus Barbar's game was last autumn. And that was just because it was pure pace all over the place and offloads being thrown left, right and centre. And that's what we want to watch, that kind of rugby. And then my other slight, well, I'm not sure if it even is an unpopular opinion, but I think that the Barbarians game should be capped because I think, you know, Barbarians are is such a kind of prestigious team. I think if you're playing against Barbarians, that's good enough and like... You, you claim to have England under 20 caps if you play for England under 20. So why not if you play against the Barbarians, you still have an England cap because you're wearing an England shirt kind of thing. What what do you I, make of that anyway? I fully agree with you there. Um, I think first in terms of playing more often and playing against you know, your big teams is very important, especially at a time when rugby unions you know trying to ex- keep expanding itself to new audiences you can you can see the barbarians easily become you know rugby's version of the Harlem globetrotters you know so- someone who a team who can capture the imagination of non-rugby fans um so th- by playing more often and playing against high quality opposition is very important and I-, I agree with you in terms of they should be capped as well you get players who uh, like Roy McConaughey was saying last week, even though being selected for a game against the Barbers, you know it's not going to be capped. It's still a huge honour, and it's something yeah. you can't take away from someone. So I think to to introduce the cap is only fair. And second, it, like you say, with the I mean, especially the sides we're we're suggesting here are very very strong sides. And if if you're getting a cap for playing at the World Cup against a weaker side like Canada or Namibia, Romania, why can't you get a cap playing against an opposition that's twice as good, three times as good, like a Barbarians team in this mould? Indeed, I think maybe the only argument that people might have against the capped idea that it could lead maybe coaches to maybe chuck out a few caps to kind of bring players under that nationality like the whole Nick Tompkins situation. Yes. England could have put him in a bar bars game and then he would and then not use have to him play for exactly. Years. So yeah. maybe it would make players kind of 
fully commit to the nation they want, which is once again a whole other issue with nation hopping and such. Well, perhaps a way around that would be that you know, in how in football you play, if you've played a friendly for a country, it doesn't count as you're registered with them exclusively until you've played a competitive match. So, and Wilfred Zaha played two or three times Indeed. for England in friendlies, and uh, who who was it played for Ireland? Was it Declan Rice or Jack Grealish? Um, uh, and it's friendly. One of either them. way, uh-huh. either way, um, it, that could be a way around it. You know, your Barbarians game could be seen as a friendly within a series. It's a cap, but it doesn't tie you to that team to try and avoid that issue. Indeed, very good. Right, shall we go from one to eight? Leave the back row for uh, last because yeah. back row yep. was slightly more exciting <clears throat> than the props, I believe. Um, no offence to any of the big men out there. <laughs> so who have you got packing down in your front row so I've gone with a very very experienced front row uh, I hadn't worked out how many caps they have between them but it's a lot um, <laughs> so uh, so we've got Tendai Mitawarura we've had a couple of issues trying to pronounce that but I think we've Indeed. got it right well, yeah we've both got him as our loose head prop He's so, a, just he's make a sure I get who, my side right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a player who, well, he's he's a World Cup winner. He's big name player. Even if it's difficult to pronounce, you know, how many athletes have the nickname the Beast? Not that many. Exactly. He's, you know, you can you can sell him to new audiences, <clears throat> and you know, he speaks for himself. World Cup winner, very experienced prop. What more could you want? Indeed. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. And it, you saw at the World Cup that he absolutely, when he was in that front row for South Africa, absolutely demolished those <coughs> scrums that came his way. And so I think, you know, can't go wrong with him. Definitely. Um, I think, yeah, you know, who who wouldn't want to go and sit, watch a rugby match with a bloke called the Beast? Starting? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, moving on to Hookett. Uh, and my the captain of my team is Guillaume Girardo. Oh, <laughs> former former France la. captain. <laughs> la la. <clears throat> uh, former France captain, highly experienced player again. And if, as we said, you know, if playing in the international arena, you want experienced players who've been around the block a bit, who, you know, especially in a side like the Barbarians, where you might have a couple of experiments. You know, less less caps players like in my side. You have Jackson Hastings coming in, perhaps Christian Wade coming back from another sport from a couple of years out. You want some experienced heads around, and there aren't many more experienced hookers at the moment than Girardo. Uh, not in the France team since uh, well for for a while now. I think it's the World Cup, but you know a safe pair of hands and very effective hooker and a good leader. Very good choice. Then. Uh, Tight head, I've gone with Ben Franks. <clears throat> now, sorry, I've got a coughing fit here. <coughs> <clears throat> yeah, at, at tight head, I've gone with Ben Franks, the uh, less capped of the Franks brothers, uh, still playing in England, but you know, hasn't played since the 2015 World Cup. But again, a hugely experienced player, knows his way around the international arena and... You know, another player that you can, if you're trying to market the barbarians to new fans, 
you can point to this front row and say, look, we've got a World Cup winner from South Africa, we've got a former France captain, and we've got a 40-50 cap Kiwi international as well. So it's you know it, it sums up what the Barbarians is about. Fantastic players from different countries coming together to produce a quality team. And even to add to that sparkle, you could have the both the brothers in the squad. You know, maybe one of the bench could, or yeah. even start them together, you know. Add to nice, the spectacle. That would be nice. <laughs> Family occasion. Yeah. <laughs> so what's right. what's your front row looking like? So obviously I've gone with the B stats. Loose head and then in the middle between those two props I've gone with Scalp Brits. Just interesting. Dynamism up to his ears, that man. He must be about <laughs> fifty now. He is, he's retired, he's come back, he's probably retired again <laughs> and probably gonna come back. So yeah. Double World Cup winner, I believe. Was he round in 07? I believe so. Indeed. I'll I believe. can check for you. I'm on the now as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just dynamic hooker. Got all the tricks in the locker, really, and he's very pacey. So I, actually, looking at it, I don't think he was involved. 2008, no. he made his South Africa debut. So I apologise for getting that fact wrong. But yeah, he's played for the Barbarians recently as well. He played in the test against Wales last year I think that he that was his farewell test actually because it was him and Rory Best who were both retiring that game so yeah. have him back honorary member just keep keep him playing for the Barbarians because we love to see him and then number three I've also gone for an All Black and it's John Afoa former All Black great player yeah just once again he's got the hands you know he can produce some magic for a big man which is what I'm wanting from a front row. So that is the front three. Who have you got packing down in the second row? In the second row, I've gone with a couple of countries that I've not uh, had representatives from in my team yet. <clears throat> so first we've got Alessandro Zani. Oh. Yeah. Like the Italians. <clears throat> yeah, so not included in, as a, in the back row where he has played in the past. That was to accommodate other players. But, you know, like I was saying, the, the All Blacks, the All Blacks, the Barbarians, is about having players from different countries, different clubs come together. So, trying to, in the interest of representing as many countries as possible, I've included Zani, obviously very experienced, very talented uh, forward. And then at five, I've gone with a Scottish player, actually. Oh, well, that makes a change. Yeah, yeah after what we said earlier. They can't um, be angry gone, with us now. No. Uh, and continuing my point I was made earlier about having players who are still playing rugby but <clears throat> haven't featured in the international arena for a while. So I've gone with Richie Gray. Oh, quality uh, choice. Yeah, well, as, as I said, my first international I saw at Murrayfield, Richie Gray actually made his debut that day. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, six foot ten, wrecking ball, unlucky really not to have played for Scotland for the past few years, considering how much quality they've been lacking uh, and how they have such a small pool of players as well. You know, he can probably thank his brother for that. Uh, <laughs> they're not getting a few caps, but Richie Gray, asked, you know, he's an ex-British lion. I still think he has a lot to offer. So he he makes my team alongside Alessandro Zani. Lovely stuff. I, I like the choice of Zani because I feel in the whole 
era that we've had of Italian rugby, it's kind of been Parise, Parise, Parise. And he's never really had luck in, but he's kind of goes under the radar, gets the work done. I know they haven't had the results they would want, but cracking player. In my second row, I've gone for another Fijian. So I've got Leone Nakarawa, who is actually my captain for this team. Good. Just another one that kind of defies the traditional idea of what their position should be, a bit like Scott Britt, is that he's, well, being Fijian, he's got that offloading game. He played in the Olympic Sevens. Just quality player. He's also a lieutenant in the Fijian army. So (laughs) what more could you want? Um, And then joining him, I've got a player that actually announced that he was going to retire the other day because he was set to retire at the end of his contract with Toulon at the end of the season. But obviously, with the current circumstances, didn't quite make it. So we've got Mamuka Gorgodze from Georgia, just to add a bit more diversity into this side. Just Man Mountain, he's, he's kind of the Parise of Georgian rugby, isn't he, that it's all it was it was all about him basically when Georgia would play, which you know is unfair Definitely. on the other Georgia players, but cracking player, get about. I think he could have easily if he played for another nation, he pro- definitely would have got, you know, quite a few caps for them. So Yeah, like you said, there there aren't many players from the likes of Italy and Georgia and Japan. Uh, we've mentioned a few, but there aren't many from those countries who could easily have slotted into a better side and, you know, and been more successful. Like we said, Zani, Parise, and he's definitely another name for that mould. Um, and, you know, it, it brings in another question, doesn't it? A question for another day, whether Georgia should be uh, elevated into in the, either into Six Nations or into more uh, competitive international rugby. Indeed. I, I think with all that, situation and also the ring fencing situation they should almost do what rugby league does where they have um you, you'll know in more detail about this so correct me if i'm wrong but how they get teams at the bottom of super league to play teams at the top of the division below is it uh yes yeah, so they've they've abandoned that now but oh, until conveniently the, but in, yeah <laughs> but until uh until the season before last so from 2015 to 2018 they had a the structure they brought in was called the super 8 so you had 12 12 teams in super league 12 in the championship below and after everyone had played everyone twice you split into 3 8 and the bottom four from super league and the top four from the championship played to play a mini league to establish which teams would play in which league the next season. Yeah, I think that that would kind of help everyone involved because you'd see premiership clubs with this whole ring fencing thing. You'd see premiership clubs playing the championship clubs, which would bring in more of an audience to the whole championship. And that would help that kind of push on from where it is at the moment. And then you've got the Six Nations situation where there's been rumours of Japan, South Africa and all those lot joining and I feel it's suddenly unfair to push Georgia to the side when they've been so consistently knocking at that door of Italy. And so I think having a having that kind of top tier nation play a second tier nation would also benefit the whole of world rugby. 
Definitely. Um, I think if there's that, like you said, ring-fencing the Premiership as well, it would give an opportunity for those those sides outside the top, you know, the, the elite, to prove themselves and show, properly demonstrate why, why they should be up there. You know, it's all well and good, Georgia winning against other second, third tier nations. But if they don't have the opportunity to compete with the likes of Italy, Scotland, Japan, even, you know, France <laughs> haven't been that consistent lately, then how are they going to demonstrate that they're worthy of joining them? Has your mother set the fire alarm off again? I think it's my father. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah. obviously Helen would never set the fire alarm off. No, he's probably making toast. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we crack on with the back row? Then, yep. as, I, as I'm aware, we are maybe, you know, waffling slightly and dragging this out. But <laughs> let's have a look at the, your back row. So in the back row, I've gone with, I mean, it was... There was only one option, really. I've gone with George Smith in the back row. Like like Sharp Brits, another player who seems like he should be about 55. Um, He's still knocking about, and every time he comes back for whichever team it is, Australia, Bristol, he always does a a sterling job. Then at seven, continuing the theme of players who aren't playing international rugby as much anymore, or not at all. I've gone with Sean O'Brien. I think one of the best Best uh, best flankers I've ever seen. Uh, very unlucky of injuries at times, but you know, fantastic on the 2017 Lions tour. Fantastic for Ireland the past few years, and fantastic for Leinster with all their success. Indeed, and it was. Then, a, oh, sorry, I was about just to say it was, it was a shame that obviously the whole situation currently occurred because Sean O'Brien had just come back from injury and he was just getting a couple of games under his belt in the Premiership, and it was quite interesting to watch how he got on. Yeah, um, and he, yeah, he's he's definitely a player who I'd I'd like to see more of, especially on the big stage, uh, internationals. Especially if we brought in our proposal, and then at number eight, continuing like you've done with Japanese and Fijian players, trying to promote the profile of not just of the barbarians but rugby in general in other countries. I've gone with Samu Manoa at number eight. Oh, good choice. I like that. Yeah, and the. Uh, Play, I remember playing for Northampton when I was younger and then I think he went to Toulon for a bit and you know USA international wrecking ball of, of uh, number eight um, could also fill in the second row a little bit and just completely fits the the uh, Barbarians profile I just remember he was absolutely insane in those premiership seasons with Northampton I, yeah there was one year where I think I'm not sure he won Premiership Player of the Year, but he was very close. He was right up there with the best in the league that year. Yeah, definitely. And he's he's got that X factor, and you know he's even he's getting on a bit now. He's got that brings that experience, uh, which you know if if you've got a group of players that you're just putting together for a week, two weeks before they play together for the first time, then having experienced professionals being around the block is very important. Indeed. On my back row, I've gone for the first... Yeah, it's the first Argentinian I've included in my side. And also the first Welshman on my flanks. Um, so my flankers are at six. I've got Matera of Argentina. And then I've got Thomas Young at seven. As I think Matera, big wrecking ball, 
just fierce tackler, what you want in defence. Any side would want him, I think. Um, and then number seven, Thomas Young. He's kind of he's he's all, he's in the Justin Tipperick mould, which is probably why he's not earned more caps for Wales. But he's he's got that ability at the breakdown. He's got, when he gets the ball, he can has great handling, and he's got absolute wheels on him. So be ideal to link up with the backs as well and from could play off 10 quite well and w- work the bar bars at the field and score a few tries I reckon and then number 8 we've mentioned him already and I said you know we've had the Gorgodze show but we've also got the Parise show <laughs> um, you know he's quality player I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think you can doubt that and my, my thinking behind it was well obviously a very good player but then I remember in the Six Nations a few years ago when Italy were losing by a couple of points, they needed three points, and then him being, you know, carrying his slight ego with him, <laughs> went for the drop goal himself, scuffed it. <laughs> but I thought, you've got another kicking option coming in the side for the Barbarian stick Parise in there. And I think <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be quality. He's got that handling, great tackler, great ball carrier. I agree. Uh, he's... Is, you know, there, are, there haven't been many better number eights than Sergio Parise in our lifetime. Um, and in terms of Thomas Young, I think that's a very interesting one because like I said at the start, is playing for the Barbarians is a good opportunity to play players like Christian Wade, who arguably should have got more international caps, and especially someone like Thomas Young, who is, is, I think is just very unfortunate that Wales are so blessed in the back row in terms of options. You know, you've got Navidi, Shingler, Moriarty, Falatau, and in years gone by, Lydia and uh, Warburton as well. So I think he can count himself very unlucky to not have played more often for Wales. Indeed, I think his issue with it may be that he's kind of... He's he's more kind of... I don't know, what, what word am I thinking of? <laughs> he's... <laughs> He he fits the style that Wasps play maybe better than Wales because Wales obviously international test match test match rugby you've got more structure in there. Obviously he's a very good player with the breakdown. He could do all that and I'm sure he would cope very well at test level. But I think maybe he hasn't been looked upon because at Wasps they're playing that kind of running rugby game where he is kind of used quite a lot as a running option as well. So. I'm sure he will get more international camp caps, but yeah, I think he'd do a quality job in the Barbars team. Oh, definitely. So those are our Barbars teams for today. Let us know on our social media channels who would be in your Barbarians team. Our Twitter is at BallersBlog1 and our Instagram is at BallersBlogSport. So get in touch with us. Let us know who you think should be in the Barbars shirt and we hope see rugby come back soon and see those black and white hoops running around the field running right against the big nations once again thank you very much for listening see you next week